Well, God bless you, my beloved. God bless you, my beloved. This is Mr. Minister S. N. Crockett, Jr. Jesus Christ, our Lord Christian Fellowship with the first of our two weekly installments of our uh, online ministry program, The Truth of the Gospel. The Truth of the Gospel. We're coming to you this Friday evening, the 28th of February. February, I've always had trouble saying that word, 2020. And we're going to continue our um, subject, Jesus and Liars. Jesus and Liars. We've been mostly talking from John's gospel. Um, we've been paying attention to John 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit being the spirit of truth. Jesus promised when the spirit of truth has come, he will lead and guide you into all truth. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and give it to you. So we've been mostly in John 14, 15, and 16. He calls the Holy Spirit the comforter, one who walks beside us. Of course, he's within us, but he walks with us, leads us and guides us into all truth. I'm going to spend a little bit of time tonight, as I have previously in John chapter 8. I talked last week about uh, the um, John, the, the beginning of John chapter 8, where Jesus uh, dealt with the woman who had been taken in adultery and how the critics came and tried to trap Jesus by using the woman's adulterous situation. But I said they were walking in a lie because they didn't bring the man. They brought the woman. And I said the law of Moses in several places said that both the man and the woman would be were to be stoned uh, if you know found in a, an adulterous relationship. They brought the woman to Jesus they didn't bring the man and Jesus knew that they were trying to trap him and then he said after uh, he ignored them for a few minutes or for a while he said he who is without a sin among you let him first cast the stone at her and the Bible says they all began to file out of the place where they were beginning at the oldest <laughs> and I, I said there's there are several possibilities why the oldest left first one could be a cultural 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 possibility Meaning it, it could have been a matter of respect that the oldest one left the room first. Or it could have been the oldest one had the most sins uh, that he was condemned of. When Jesus said, he who was without sin among you, let him first cast a stone. All right, so we dealt with that. And I want to come tonight in Jesus. Uh, I want to come tonight. I want to stay in John for a little bit. Uh, I want to go to John 8 and 31. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you just for the privilege of mentioning your name, the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to whom be glory, power, majesty, and dominion, both now and forever. We ask, Lord, that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we may understand your good, acceptable, and perfect will. We ask, Lord God, that as a result of this teaching and preaching and teaching and preaching all over the world, that Fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit will be manifested according to your good, acceptable, and perfect will. We ask that you bless your people to not only be hearers of your word, but doers. Blessed be your name forever. We thank you just for the privilege of mentioning the name of your, your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory, power, majesty, and dominion, both now and forever. Amen. John eight thirty one. to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, and this is very important here. You need to get all of this passage here. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. This, these are his critics. 
uh, well, let's see, go back to 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How shall you say we shall be set free? Now that wasn't true. They said, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves of anyone. That's not true. I don't know how they could say that when the Jews had been in, in slavery to the Egyptians, to the Assyrians, and to the Babylonians. I, I don't understand that unless they were talking about them in particular. And if they were talking about themselves in particular, they had been enslaved. They were, they were currently at that time, they were, they were enslaved to the Romans. So you had the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and the Romans. But they said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? But Jesus was talking about not political freedom, but spiritual freedom. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Satan doesn't want you to know that because he's a liar. He wants to keep you in bondage. A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. That's why the Bible calls us, he calls us the sons of God. We are joint heirs with God. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, etc. And it says that in Romans chapter 8. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus said, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. In other words, he was acknowledging their Jewishness. I know you're Abraham's descendants. Yet you are seeking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. They were Abraham's descendants biologically, but Jesus said, but you, but you're, you're not, you know, you're not really walking in covenant with God because you're seeking to kill me, uh, the Messiah. I know you're Abraham's descendants because they were trying to depend on, on the fact that they were the descendants of Abraham. That's why John had to tell them, John the Baptist said, and if you go back to Matthew 3, John the Baptist said, think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So John was saying, and Jesus is, is picking up on that same thought, John was saying, you're not going to be able to depend on your, your lineage, your Jewishness, to uh, make you acceptable in God's sight. Think not to say within yourselves, that we are the children of Abraham, for God is able of God is able of these stones, John, John the Baptist said, to, to, to raise up children unto Abraham. Remember, there was a time in the wilderness when the Lord said to Moses, Step aside, Moses, I'm gonna destroy this whole nation and raise up another nation that you can lead. And then Moses made intercession as a type of Christ. He made intercession for the children of Israel, and God didn't destroy them. So we kind of see that here. Where, where John the Baptist said, God is able with these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And then we see Jesus in John chapter 8. I know you're Abraham's descendants, yet you are seeking to kill me because my word has no place in your heart. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Now, Jesus is setting up his, his, his argument here about how his critics are not the children of God. Biologically, they're Abraham's children, but spiritually, covenantally speaking, Jesus is setting up the argument to say, y'all not children of God. They said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were really Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did. 
As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. You hear that? Jesus is, Jesus is juxtapositioning the truth from a lie. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. Jesus is laying that foundation. He's going to spring a booby trap on him. <laughs> He's going to spring a booby trap on him in a few minutes. Here it comes. The Jews said, we are not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Then he springs the booby trap on them. John eight forty four. You belong to your father, the devil. Uh, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. I'm, this is the NIV. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Jesus called Satan a liar. That's why the name of the, this message is Jesus and Liars. When he lies, he speaks his native language. <laughs> Glory to God. That's why I said Jesus couldn't pastor a lot of churches today. Because he, 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 he wasn't politically correct. He called these Jews in the book of Revelation, he called these unbelieving Jews who were persecuting his people, he called them the synagogue of Satan. Glory to God. Woo! When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Of course they couldn't because he had no sin in him. If I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. You hear that? He's, he's letting them know you're Abraham's children, but you're not in covenant with God. Because if you were, you would, you would love me. Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. He told them, you don't belong to God. I know you're Abraham's children, but that's where it stops. And John the Baptist, go back to John the Baptist. John the Baptist said the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bring forth good fruit will be cut down and cast into the fire. Good fruit cannot be based on self-righteousness. That's why John said, uh, don't depend on your Jewishness. Paul, John the Baptist said, don't depend on your Jewishness to, uh, for you to be righteous, with, um, acceptable with God. Then Jesus picked up on that same thought here in John chapter 8. I know you're Abraham's children, but you're not really the children of God because you seek to, to kill me, the Messiah, the Son of God. Every time he said he was the Son of God, the Jews picked up stones to stone him because they knew what that meant. To say he was the Son of God meant that he was saying he was divine. It, Son of God is based on their re, unique relationship. And then Paul picked up on that same thought in Romans. He said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved, for I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they go about to establish their own righteousness. They have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. And then Paul says, he, he explains that verse by the next verse. He says, Christ is the perfect fulfillment of the law. The King James would say he's the end of the law. That means the fulfillment, right? The end of something is its fulfillment. Christ is the end of the law, the perfect fulfillment of the law to all who believe. 
He said, the Jews have a zeal of God. I bear them record. I used to be one of them as far as persecuting the church. I had a zeal of God, but it wasn't according to correct knowledge. I went about to establish my own righteousness, but I had not submitted myself to the righteousness of God until the Lord stopped me on the Damascus road. And then Paul further picked up on that thought in Philippians chapter 3, where he says, I was a Jew of the Jews and a Hebrew of the Hebrews, and but those things that were gained to me, I counted lost for the excellency of them. So, so Paul and Jesus and John the Baptist, that's why... The, the word of God, if you if you really study, you can see that it, 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 there's a unity there. And I know people say there are contradictions in the Bible. Don't pay attention to them. Those people don't study the word of God. They, 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 they'll take a couple of verses of scripture here and there, and then they'll criticize. There, there are no contradictions in God's word, not if you base the word of God on correct understanding. It's, a per, it's perfect unity, perfect unity perfect unity. God's word is in perfect harmony. There, there are no contradictions. No, the people who say that, they haven't really studied God's word. Okay. All right. But that's another subject for another day. So Jesus said to these unbelieving Jews, I know y'all Jewish, but you don't believe in me. You, and because you don't believe in me and you're trying to kill me, the fact that you're trying to kill me means that you're in league with somebody else. Now, if you're trying to kill me and I'm the son of God, I am God's son, then that means somebody else must be your master. Because if you're trying to kill me and I'm the Messiah, I'm, I am the savior of the world, you must be taking orders from somebody else. That's what Jesus is saying. You're trying to kill me, you got to be taking orders from somebody else. Hmm. Now, I wonder who that could be. Hmm. Of course, Jesus knew. He didn't have to wonder. I'm just trying to stretch the issue here. Huh? Let's see. You're trying to kill me. I'm the son of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're trying to kill me, that means you're taking orders from somebody who is the opposite of who I am. Hmm. Oh, the devil. John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil. He's a liar. Jesus said, Jesus said in John 8, 44, he said, you, do, you, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. See, Jesus knew. When I was growing up, we had a saying. When I was growing up, let me pull your coattail. Let me come here. I want to tell you something that you need to know. Let me pull your coattail. And Jesus right here, he's saying, I'm going to pull your coattail. <laughs> you think you're in tight with God, but you're not because you're trying to kill me. I'm the Messiah. I'm the Savior of the world. I'm getting ready to die on the cross for your sins, and here you are trying to kill me. That means you're taking orders from somebody else, and it's not God. See, they thought they, oh, we are, we are Moses' disciples. You know, we are Abraham's children. They were depending on their Jewishness. And the Bible says that the gospel of Jesus is for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. But the Bible also says in that same frame of Scripture, it says that the condemnation from God is also for the Jew first and then for the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. It says that in Romans uh, chapters one and two. Right, all right, so Jesus said, and then I'm gonna move on to a few more verses, then I'll close. He said that Satan, the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Our first encounter with Satan is the... Um, uh, uh, is the book of Genesis chapter three. 
where as a serpent, he deceived Eve in the garden. Eve deceived, Eve sinned because she was deceived. She even said it herself, I, I, the devil deceived me, the serpent deceived me, and I did eat the, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam was not deceived. Adam sinned willfully. Let me say that again. Eve was deceived. It says it in Genesis 3. She admitted herself, the serpent deceived me, and I did eat. Adam, Adam was standing right there next to her. Adam sinned willfully. And those are basically, there are basically three ways you can sin. You can sin, you can be deceived, as so many people are. You can sin willfully, you know the truth, and you, you do what you want to do anyway. And then the Bible in the Old Testament in, in the law speaks of unintentional sins. There are, there are unintentional sins. But basically, to sin willfully and to sin by being deceived, those are two basic ways that you can sin against God. The Jews here, they were both deceived, but they were also sinning willfully. They willfully did not want to accept Jesus as the Son of God because he did not fit their paradigm of what the Messiah, um, uh, of what they thought the Messiah should be, or who they thought, I should say, the Messiah should be. A Jewish carpenter, uh, a son of a carpenter from Nazareth, Nazareth, Nazareth. Are you kidding? Nazareth? What? They even said themselves, no prophet. We search the scriptures. They said themselves. They were speaking to Nicodemus. They said no prophet comes out of Galilee. He can't be the he can't be the man. No, there ain't no prophet coming out of Galilee. Well, actually, yeah, uh, at least one other prophet did come out of Galilee. It was Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. Jesus said himself, I'm not going to give you any more signs except the sign of Jonah the prophet. Meaning Jesus said, I'm not giving you any more signs except my resurrection. Whereas Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. Jonah was out of Galilee. So when they said, no prophet come out of Galilee, they were wrong. They thought they knew the scriptures, but, but they didn't. All right. So anyway, Satan is a liar. And because he's a liar... And he seeks to deceive people so, so, so they will stay in his lie, live in his lie. The Bible says, and I talked about the scripture, I think it was last Sunday. The Bible says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those who are lost. You hear that? Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, if our gospel is hid or hidden, it is hidden to those who are lost in whom the God of this world, Satan, he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. He has blinded the mind. You were that way at one time. I was that way. We were blind. We were blind to the truth. Somebody trying to come and try and talk to you about Jesus. You didn't want to hear it. You were blinded by Satan. I was the exact same way. I was blinded by Satan. I had, a, I had, a, I had my own righteousness. Remember Paul said, the Jews have a zeal of God, but not according to correct righteousness, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they've gone about to establish their own righteousness. But Christ is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He is the perfect fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He said himself, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. And so you were blind at one time. Remember when you were blind, when you were before you got saved? I was blind at one time. The initial people who tried to come and talk to me about Jesus, I rejected the gospel. God could have cut me off right there. But because we're living in an age of grace, his grace endured. 
because we're living in an age of grace. A lot of stuff that God is allowing to go on today, it's because we're living in the age of grace. A lot of people wondering, why ain't, why ain't God, you know, slap Donald Trump, you know, upside the head and stuff like that? We're living in an age of grace. You'll see people live 80, 90, 100 years and live wicked lives. We're living in an age of grace. Charles Manson lived to be 80-something years old, 83, 84 years old. We're living in an age of grace. Donald Trump might live to be 100 years old, 110. We don't know. We're living in an age of grace. God, we're living, for the last 2,000 years, we've, we've been living in what's called the dispensation of grace. So you're going to see a lot of things go on, and you're going to wonder, you know, God, um, you know, did, did you not see that? Did you not see that wickedness over there? God, God sees it. God, did you not see that Holocaust in Nazi Germany? God, you didn't see that? Did you not see the, the, the way they treated those uh, uh, people in Africa? Lord, you didn't see what happened there with that Atlantic slave trade. You didn't, you didn't see that, Lord. God, didn't you see the way they treated Martin Luther King? Shot him. John F. Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers. In the 1960s, you had five political assassinations in a matter of five years. Imagine that today. In five years, you had five major political assassinations. Medgar Evers, 63. John F. Kennedy, 63. Malcolm X, 65. Martin Luther King, 68. Bobby Kennedy, two months later, 68. Five major political assassinations in five years. Just imagine that today. If you had five major political assassinations. I'm just showing you. God sees all of this. And a lot of people um, will say, where's God? You know, where, if, if there's a God, you know, where was God? God sees all this. But he has his own plan and God has his own fullness of time. But the enemy will lie to you and whisper and say, there's no God. God doesn't care. The enemy will lie to you and he's lying to a lot of people and he's, he's deceiving them into thinking there's no God. If there were a God, dot, dot, dot. If there were a God, Dot, dot, dot. There's a God. He sits high and he looks low. He sees these things. But he, but he, God only does things in the fullness of his time. God doesn't act in the fullness of our time. No. God does things in the fullness of his time. Go to Galatians 4 and 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Made of a woman. Made under the law. Right? Uh, that we might be delivered from the bondage of the law. Galatians 4 and 4. God was not going to send his son Jesus until his fullness of time. We got to get that. Otherwise, we'll believe the liar, Satan. He'll, he'll talk to us and say, there is no God. If there were God, you know, why did this happen, etc. God God is allowing what he's allowing. And he's going to allow things to happen. And there are going to be a whole lot more. You think this uh, coronavirus... You you just you just go ahead and, and, and put your seatbelt on as as the as the football player used to say, you better get your popcorn. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Okay? I'm no prophet of God, but you better get your popcorn and put your seatbelt on. As Jesus would say, these are the beginning of sorrows. God is allowing these things to happen because God has what's called a fullness of time. You even see it in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it talk about the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. God allows these things, God allows these things to happen. He allows evil. God is allowing evil to dwell with good. He's allowing it because he's God. He's sovereign. He has a plan. 
It's not the way we would do it, but we're not God. He is. And somebody once said to me, and I thought they, it was so profound the way they put it. That person said, I trust in the integrity of God. And, and I had never thought of it that way. That person said, I trust in the integrity of God. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's what you should do also if you're not already doing it. Trust in God's integrity. Yes, there's evil all around us. Yes, there are pestilences and plagues and earthquakes. Jesus said these Jesus said these things would happen. If he didn't say these things would happen, if he had said these things are not going to happen and they were happening, then we would have reason to be to, to doubt, to be afraid. Jesus said these things would happen. He said there will be plagues. He said there will be earth. Look at the U.S. Geological Survey. I'm kind of getting off track here, but I'm just trying to show you about the integrity of God and how Satan is a liar. If you look at the if, if you look at the at the U.S. Geological Survey, it'll show you the increase in frequency of earthquakes. If you go to the U.S. Geological Survey website, it'll show you the, 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 the almost exponential increase in earthquakes. Jesus said these things would happen. He said there would be earthquakes in many different places. There would be plagues, pestilences. There would be all these things that are going to lead up to the eventual return of Jesus Christ. He's going to return for the church. He's going to return in the air for the church, what we call the rapture. And then he's going to return to earth in the revelation. You've got the rapture where he returns in the air for the church. And then you've got the revelation where Jesus returns to the earth in Revelation chapter 19. And he destroys his enemies at what we call Armageddon. I think the, um, the biblical word is Armageddon, but we call it Armageddon. But these things that are happening now, these plagues, the corona, coronavirus, this is, this is, this is, this is Sunday school compared to what the way things are going to be. And that's why it's important that we align ourselves with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me read a passage of scripture to you. It lines up with what I'm talking about. Listen, listen, it, it lines up with the fact that there are people who are being deceived by Satan. And they refuse to accept the love of God that they might be saved. And watch this now. You're going to find this hard to believe, but it's in the Bible. If you weren't in the Bible, then, then you would have no reason to need to believe me. Because these people refuse to believe the gospel, the Bible says, I'm going to show it to you. The Bible says God will send them a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. It's in the Bible. If it weren't in the Bible, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it. You even saw an example of it in the Old Testament. There was a battle, and I haven't looked at the scripture, so I don't know all the details. But there was a battle, and God said, he was in heaven, and God said, who, who will go out and be a lying spirit for me? It's in, the, it's in one of the books of the Kings, like 2 Kings, 1 Kings. Look it up. And a lying spirit came up to the throne of God and said, I, I'll go, and I'll be a lying spirit in that person's mouth. It's in the Bible. If it were not in the Bible, I wouldn't say it. And God said, go. And that lying spirit went to the earth and became a lying spirit in that particular person's mouth. Again, I don't know the exact chapter and verse, but it's in, it's in the Old Testament. It's in one of the books of the Kings. It's either 1 Kings or 2 Kings. And, and, the, and God said, who will go and be a lying spirit? Glory <laughs> to God. <laughs> you know you're in bad shape when, when, when God sends a lying spirit to, de to deceive you, to get rid of you. And the lying spirit said to God, I I'll go and be a lying spirit. 
I don't know if he was in the in the mouth of a false prophet or the mouth of one of the kings. I can't remember, but you look it up. Now I'm going to take you to a scripture that relates to that, and then we'll close shortly after that. Then we'll come again, come together again on Sunday if you're not already obligated somewhere else. Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, talking about uh, Jesus and liars. There was a false letter, epistle. There was a false letter circulating in the Thessalonian church. Fake news. <laughs> okay. There was a false letter circulating in the, in the Thessalonian church claiming to have been from Paul and his people. You see that devil? You see that devil? There was a false letter circulating in the, in the Thessalonian church claiming to have been from that's why you'll see at the end of paul's letters some of them will say the the, te, uh, the the signature of paul of me paul you know my my own signature i don't know if he dictated his own letters because he he may have had bad vision bad eyesight and one of his associates may have dictated his uh, his epistles i think paul had bad eyesight that I'm, I'm thinking i'm not saying that for sure but i think paul had bad eyesight it's possible he was blinded on the road to Damascus by Jesus. He was blinded, it, and it's possible he never did regain all of his sight. You know, when he did regain his sight, remember he fasted for three days. Ananias laid hands on him. He fasted for three days, and he received. He was baptized. He received his sight. It's possible his all his sight didn't come back. I'm saying it's possible. I'm not saying that that scripture. But I do know he was blinded on the road to Damascus because he looked up, he saw the glory of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw the Shekinah glory. It was like looking directly into the sun and he was blinded. And then he, he received his sight again on the third day after Ananias laid hands on him. It's possible he didn't get all that sight back. I'm saying possible. I didn't say that's what it is. All right. But so it's possible if he had bad eyesight for that or another reason, age or whatever the reason was, that he had, he had other people dictating his letters. And so there were forgery, there were forged letters going around saying, okay, Paul wrote this. Pseudo, the word pseudo means like false, like a pseudonym is a false name, okay? So you had people going around saying, okay, you know, these false apostles were claiming to, uh, you know, write these letters and putting Paul's name on there. Yeah. Paul says, and he's going to deal with this issue right here, and then we'll close after I deal with this. Now, we request you, brethren, this is the New American Standard. Okay, I'll read the New, New American Standard. Now, we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, watch this, that you not soon be quickly or that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit. You hear that? or as a message or a letter as if it came from us. See, there were, there were people putting out false letters saying that it was from Paul. Paul said, y'all lying. <laughs> Paul said, it ain't from me. To the effect that the day of the Lord has come. There were lies going around saying that the day of the Lord had already come. In other words, there was a lie going around saying that they were already in the tribulation. Period. The day of the Lord that's spoken of in the Old Testament. Malachi and Isaiah and Zechariah, Ezekiel and Daniel, the day of the Lord, you know, that day of wrath. Uh, um, um, uh, who's the guy? Uh, jo um, um, 
uh, um, uh, what's the one about he shall pour out his spirit on all flesh? What 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 prophet is that? I can't remember what prophet that is, but it was it's in that chapter also, right? The the days will come I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Who is that? Joel. Yeah, Joel. Yeah. So Paul is saying there's a lying spirit. <laughs> Somebody lying on us. Well, who's behind that? You know who's behind that? Satan. Paul said that you be not quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit. You hear that? That's why the Bible says believe not every spirit, right? Or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Paul said, let no one in any way deceive you for that day, the day of the Lord. That great day of, the, of God's wrath will not come unless the, the apostasy comes first. Apostasy means falling away from the faith. Unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Who's the man of lawlessness? You know who he is. You know, you know who that is. It's, it's the Antichrist. It's the, it's the Antichrist. It's 666, the Antichrist. Unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. He's going to be revealed. Now, many of us believe the church will not be here, that the church will be raptured before the man of lawlessness is revealed. But there are many brethren, many great Christians and good Christians who don't believe that the church will be raptured first. And we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, you know, slap each other in the face over that. But Paul said that that day would not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, the son of perdition, the King James would say. Watch this. Who opposes and exalts himself above, above every so-called God or object of worship. The Antichrist is going to sit. Watch this now. The Antichrist is going to sit in the rebuilt Jewish temple. The temple has to be rebuilt. It's gone. Remember, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans, by Titus and the Roman legions. So the Jewish temple is going to be rebuilt one day. How they're going to do it, I don't know, because the Muslim Dome of the Rock is sitting there right now. I don't know how, I don't know, I have no idea, <laughs> how, but it's going to happen. The Jewish temple is going to be rebuilt and the Jews are going, to re, are going to resume their sacrifices. They're going to make a pact with the Antichrist, a seven-year agreement. And in the middle of the seven years, the Antichrist is going to break the agreement. And he's going to sit, watch this now. Now, God, God tolerates a lot of stuff. I told you we're in the age of grace, 2,000 years of, of grace. The Antichrist is going to sit in the Holy of Holies. When he does that, God's going to say, oh, time's up. <laughs> when, when, when the Antichrist sits in the, mo the most holy place, you know, you tolerate your children doing a lot of stuff, but when they do Z, <laughs> right? God tolerates a lot because he, he's long-suffering, He's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. God doesn't have patience. He is patience, right? We have patience, or we're supposed to. God is patience. You've heard of the patience of the Lord, and the Bible says, right? He is long-suffering and all that. When the Antichrist sits in the, in the, uh, in the temple, in the, not just in the temple, not just in the Jewish temple, not just in the back, back row, the Antichrist is going to sit in the Holy of Holies. 
Only the high priest in the old Jewish sacrificial system, the Levitical sacrificial system, only the high priest could go into the holy place, most holy place, excuse me, once a year with the blood of animals. So, so when the Jewish temple was rebuilt, the Antichrist is going to go and sit in there and claim himself to be God. The Bible calls him the prince that shall come. The Bible calls him the Antichrist. The Bible calls him the willful king. There are about 75 titles for this guy. The willful king, the prince that shall come, the Antichrist, right? The beast, right? 666. Paul says that the day of the Lord will not come until, uh, until the apostasy comes first. And you can see it happening even now. Even denominations that were once strong, doctrinally strong churches, they're, they're falling away from the truth of the gospel. Paul says, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, watch this, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or, or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Now, you know, this guy, Charlemagne, the God, uh, and the, you know, I saw him on TV the other day, Charlemagne, the God, uppercase G-O-D. I'd be afraid. To, <laughs> I'd be afraid to call myself Charlemagne. Charlemagne means Charles the Great. It's like, remember King Charlemagne? Charlemagne means Charles the Great. So Charlemagne, the God, I, I wouldn't fool with that, but you know, that's on him. All right. So it says here that the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Paul said, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know, and you know, you, you think I'd be able to read this. And you know what restrains him now. It is thought that the only thing restraining the Antichrist is the Holy Spirit in, in the church. That, that's the main theory. That the restrainer is the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of theories, but the but the theory that makes the most sense, the restrainer is the Holy Spirit in the church. And then once the church is taken out of the earth, that that restraint will be lifted, but that God will lift that restraint and allow the, the Antichrist to be revealed and to do what he's going to do. But God knows about all of this. It's all, it's all in the Bible. It's in the book of Revelation. It's right here in 2 Thessalonians. It's in the book of Daniel. Daniel called him the abomination of desolation, the willful king, the prince that shall come. None of this stuff is catching God by, by, by surprise. It's catching mankind by surprise. It's not catching God by surprise. It says the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. And he will demand worldwide worship. That's where 666 comes in. He will demand to be worshipped. And if you don't worship him, you'll be killed. If you don't take the mark of the beast, I was telling somebody when they were doing all these temperature of people for the virus and they were putting that, the, that temperature thing on their forehead, I just couldn't help but think about the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that was the mark of the beast. I'm just saying I couldn't help think but think about it. They were putting that little temperature thing on everybody's forehead. Stay woke. <laughs> stay woke, y'all. Stay woke. I'm telling you. Paul said, and you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he would be revealed. You see, God has a fullness of time. And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he will be revealed. 
For the mystery of lawlessness, King James says the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of lawlessness, Paul said, this is 2,000 years ago, is already at work. John said in his epistle, first epistle, he said there are many antichrists in the world right now. He said the Antichrist has not come yet. The capital A Antichrist has not come yet. But, but, but John said, but even now there are many Antichrists. Antichrist means against Christ. Or it can mean another Christ instead of the real Christ. John said there are many Antichrists. That was 2,000 years ago. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. It is thought by responsible people who know about the Bible, who forgot more about the Bible than I know, it is thought that the restrainer is the church, the Holy Spirit in the church. And once the church is raptured and taken out of here in the rapture, what we call the pre-tribulation rapture, this is one school of thought, it is thought that once the church is taken out of the earth, and the Holy Spirit who dwells in all those who are in the true church of God, not denomination church of God, but the true church of God, all believers in Jesus. It is thought that once the church is taken out of the earth and the Holy Spirit with the church, that that will lift the restraint and that the Antichrist will then be revealed. He'll show, he'll, 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 he'll be revealed because there's no longer a restrainer. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like if you if you have a teacher, then you have a substitute teacher. Well, the teacher is the restrainer. When the substitute teacher comes, substitute teacher doesn't really do much more than take role and, and just keep order. Uh, that might not be a good analogy, but you, you understand what I'm saying. L let me use you as a parent. You're the restrainer, but you go out of town and you tell your children, I'm going to be out of town. We're going to be out of town for three weeks. Stay out of the liquor cabinet. <laughs> Stay away from the, the other stuff. If you think your children are, are, are you know, are, are not going to be tempted to, to, you see, because you are the restrainer and you're gone. That, that's the best analogy I can think of. It is thought that the church, being filled with the Holy Ghost, believers, that the church is the restrainer. And once the church is taken away, then the Antichrist will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Watch this. Then that lawless one will be revealed. See, God, God knows all this. Whom the Lord will slay. You hear that? Watch this. He's not going to slay him with armies of men, bullets, nuclear weapons. The Bible says the Lord is going to slay the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth. Oh, my gosh. With the, the the King James says the spirit of his mouth. The same the, the same mouth that said, "Let there be light, let there be this, let there be that." Creation, let the earth bring forth seed, etc. The Lord was the, the Lord is going to slay him with this with the breath of his mouth, and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. Well, I like what the King James says. He will destroy him with the brightness of his coming. His glory, his Shekinah glory. That is, the one whose coming is in accordance with the activity of Satan. You hear that? That is, the one whose coming is in, a, in accord with the activity of Satan. With all power and signs and false wonders. The King James says lying wonders. Watch this now. 
Listen, because people are believing a lie. They won't believe the gospel. They won't believe in Jesus. They want to believe in all this other stuff. They want to say the Bible is just a book of lies. The white man, you know, did this. And the white man, the white man, the white man, the white man doesn't have the intelligence to write the Bible. If the white man could write the Bible with his own intelligence, the white man would be superior to all. Because no man with his own intelligence could, could write the Bible. How could a man write the Bible and predict something that was going to happen 700 years later, like Isaiah predicted that Jesus would come and be born of a virgin, and it happened 700 years later? No man has that mental ability. Only God knows the future. If man knows the future, it's because God told him the future. So all this about the white man, you know, the Bible and the white man, it's a satanic trick. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Paul said, and I'm going to close in a few minutes, Paul said, that is, the one who's coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders. Watch this. What, now, I want you to listen to verse 10 here, and verse 11, and verse 12, and then we'll close. Paul said, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish. There's got to be a reason for that. There's got to be a reason for that. I want to read that same passage from the New King James. I want to read that from the New King James. Second Thessalonians. I want to read that from the New King. I, I like reading different versions of the Bible. But sometimes the, the thought I'm trying to convey here. Paul says, I'm going to start at verse, uh, what was about verse 10? Uh, I'm going to start at verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Now, if you read the book of Revelation, you're going to see where there, where Satan is going to have false prophets doing the same thing that Elijah and them did, calling down fire from heaven, etc. You hear that? Satan, this is going to be Satan's last play. This is going to be his fourth quarter. Satan is going to have his apostles, his prophets, performing the same, many of the same miracles that Jesus and his prophets performed. Lying, but they're going to be lying wonders, but they're going to deceive the people because the people are going to say, if you look in Revelation 13, ooh, who's able to make war with the beast? And the whole world is going to wander after him. But if you're in the church, we believe you won't be here for that. You'll be raptured out. That's what many of us believe. Not all Christians believe that, but many of us believe that. I'm one of them. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, watch this. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Satan is going to deceive millions of people. Reason? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. 2 Thessalonians 2.10. You need to chew on that scripture for a while. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish... Perish as in eternally perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They didn't receive the truth of the gospel. They wanted to live their own life. They wanted to follow Satan, the father of every lie. Let me read it again. And you have to ask yourself, do you come into this category? Paul said, there will come a day when the Antichrist will rule the world. 
temporarily. God is allowing it. We know God is allowing it because he's predicting it right here in his word, even before it happens. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And then, and then you see the fulfillment of what's spoken of in Second Thessalonians 2. You see the fulfillment of it in the book of the Revelation, especially when you get to chapters 6 and beyond. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. That would be the opposite of those of us who are saved by God's grace through the blood of Jesus Christ, his dear son. Because they did not receive the love of the truth. You wouldn't, you wouldn't try to talk to them. And they said, that's the, the, the white man. That's the white, the white man's God. I'm going to worship Allah. I'm down with Farrakhan. I'm down with Elijah Muhammad. I'm down with, you know, Islam. I'm down with Buddhism, Harry Krishna, Confucianism. I'm down with the black Israelites. I'm down with the Nuwabians. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to receive that, that white man's devil gospel. Devil Bible. I saw somebody post on Facebook not too long ago. Pray for me. My Somebody in my family is really going through, but I don't want any of you Jesus-believing Christians to pray for me. Let me say that again, and then I'll, I'll close here. Somebody posted on social media recently, pray for me. There's a member of my family really going through some things. Oh, I don't, but I don't want any of you Jesus-believing Christians to pray for me. Now, now go back to 2 Thessalonians. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now watch what Paul says in the 11th verse. For those of you who believe that God is just love and Jesus is just some man who looks like he's on his way to Woodstock. Verse 11. And for this reason, remember I told you about that lying spirit in the Old Testament where God said, who will be a lying spirit? And the lion spirit came up to God's throne and said, I'll, I'll go. And God said, go. And the lion spirit went and, and became a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophet or the king. And I don't remember all the details, but it's in the Bible. For this reason, God will send them a strong delusion. Now, you know, when God sends a strong delusion, you're in trouble. It's one thing for me to try to trick you. It's one thing for Satan to try to trick you. When God sends a delusion, you're trouble. You're, fi you're finished. <laughs> because if God sends a delusion, you're, you're, you're finished. But God is sending, God is going to send a strong delusion to people who have already made up their minds that they're not going to accept the love. I I'm going to tell you when the point of no return is. This is the point of no return, according to the scriptures. This is the point of, I can say this without being, you, you know, being judgmental and he, how dare you judge and, Here's the point of no return in the Bible. When you accept the mark of the beast, there's no return. Once you accept the mark of the beast in your forehand or in your hand or in your forehead, once you accept the mark of the beast, the Bible even says it in, in the book of Revelation. Once you accept the mark of the beast, there's no salvation. There, there's no repentance after that. You're finished. The Bible says in verse 11, and for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned 
who did not believe the truth, they wouldn't believe the truth of the gospel. They rather believe Islam and they rather believe the Pope is God. They rather believe in that the, that the Dalai Lama is, is, is the Messiah. They, re, they rather believe a lie. They, they, they rejected the truth of the gospel. Some of your family members and co-workers might come in this, in this category. God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth. Paul keeps bringing up that word truth. They all might be condemned who did not believe the truth. Watch this. But had watch this. They had pleasure in unrighteousness. There are people today who have pleasure in unrighteousness and they're masquerading as Christians. But the Bible says they've turned the grace of God into lewdness, into lasciviousness. And they say that they're Christians, but they have no intention of following Jesus Christ and living a life of a Christian. They have no intention. They've, they've turned the grace of God. It was the grace of God that saved us. The Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And there are, there are many today and shall be going into this time here that I'm talking about. They've turned the grace of God into lewdness, into lasciviousness. They have a form of godliness. They deny the, the, the power thereof. God bless you, my beloved. Jesus and liars. I, I, I didn't plan on getting off. Well, no, actually I did because I had the Bible turned to 2 Thessalonians. So I did plan to go off into that. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is showing that Satan has the world in the palm of his hand. Read 2 Thessalonians. I got a feeling some of you have never read that chapter. Read, read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Read it. The, God, God, is allowing, God has allowed millions of Bibles you know, to be in the world. So, meaning, God wants everybody. He wants the common people. We don't have to worry about having the Mass said to us in Latin or the Greek. You know, the, the, the New Testament is originally in Greek and the Old Testament is originally, most of it is in Hebrew. But, but, but there are English Bibles and millions of them online. You know, pick up your phone or your iPad. Read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I challenge you to read that chapter. It shows that Satan has the world in the palm of his hand. John, John said it in his first epistle. He said the whole world is under the, is under the power of the wicked one. People would rather believe the lie of Satan. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. If our gospel is hid, is here to those who are lost, in whom the God of this world, Satan, lowercase g-o-d, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who believe not. Lest the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ should shine unto them and they should be saved. And then Paul says something very profound and then I'll close. Paul said, for God, it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness He's talking about Genesis when God said, let there be light. It's the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness who has shined in our hearts. The reason you're saved today is because the same God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Shine out of darkness. It's the same God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He has shined in our hearts. And shine in our hearts. Okay, I got my assistant preacher here with me, Eli Crockett. Say, how you doing? 
How you doing? Say hey everybody. Hey everyone. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Alright, alright. Okay, so anyway, Jesus. Jesus and liars. Satan is a liar. And he's got uh he's got uh he's got people deceived into believing that uh believing his lie. But the, Jesus said, I am the way, I am I the am, truth, I am the truth, I am the life. I am the life. Nobody can come to the Father. Nobody can come to the Father. Except by me. Except by me. God bless you, my beloved. We're gonna continue on Sunday morning. And if you're not already obligated to another ministry, we're gonna come on Sunday morning uh, at ten AM and we're gonna continue as far as I know, we're gonna continue talking about Jesus and liars. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Nobody can come into the Father except by him. Let's pray. Let's pray. You want to go ahead and you want to pray or you want me to pray? You can pray. I can pray. All right, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you and we thank you. We glorify you, we praise you. We thank you for allowing us to mention your name, the name of your dear son Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom be glory, power, majesty and dominion both now and forever. We pray, Lord, that as a result of this teaching and preaching, that fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit will be manifested all over the world, Lord. We pray as a result of preaching and teaching all over the world, that fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit would be, would be manifested. And we pray, Lord, that we spoke the truth of the gospel to your people. We pray that you will bless them, build them up in the most holy faith. And we pray that if there are any who are not saved, we pray that they would come to know your dear son, Jesus Christ, who died at the cross for our sins. And you certainly did raise him from the dead. Blessed be your name forever, Lord. Bless your people in every way possible. We pray for this nation. We, we, we pray concerning this virus, Lord. We know that you have everything in, in the power of your hands, Lord. But we pray that you will use these events to cause people to see the error of their ways and to know that and to know that, Lord, everything is happening in the fullness of your time. In the fullness of your time. And by Jesus Christ, your dear son, we pray. And dear son, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. God bless you, beloved. We'll see you, Lord willing, Sunday morning for another edition of the Truth of the Gospel. Press that button. All right. Thank you. You did help me preach. I appreciate you helping me. Oh yeah, push the push the blue button. Push the blue button here. All right. Thank you. You want to play in here or you want to play somewhere else? Um, it be my little something. Oh, let's see. Do I need the iPad? Uh, no, I don't need it right now. There you go. Get Let me see. Come here for a second. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Let me see here. Uh, Papa, mm -hmm. you tell me I am a great preacher. Uh huh. It's go. my preaching. It's my preacher, Papa here. Mm hmm. And my. Ugh. <sighs>